0: Good morning. Thank you very much for listening to the Morning KLH. Doreen is off. It's the David Marcus show today. And he is our Green and Gold Insider, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host of Wildey and Tausch on ESPN. Jason Wildey, good morning. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm great, dudes. How are you doing? <laughs> We're good. Just two dudes, man, hanging out. Okay. Obviously, I want to ask about Joe Barry, but more importantly, I want to ask about Joe Barry's replacement. Now... Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Mike McDaniel, they all come from the same coaching tree, the same philosophy. They use the same popular offensive scheme. Is there a corollary on defense in the NFL? Is there a popular system and coaches who use said system that the Packers may be going after?
1: Yes. And Joe Barry is part, or at least theoretically part, of one of those systems. It is the Vic Fangio system. Uh, Remember Vic, he was the defensive coordinator in Denver for a while. He was the head coach of the Bears for a while. Didn't he get fired? he, He did, yes. And he just parted ways with the Miami Dolphins, where he had been their defensive coordinator this past season. He's kind of the, I don't want to put him in Fritz Shermer or Dom Capers category, but he is kind of that older, curmudgeonly defensive coordinator who has a system, has done, has coached in the league a really long time. Uh, Buddy Ryan probably fit that category too. So he he has a system of which Joe Barry was a kind of a convert of a disciple, if you can be that. Like Joe Barry had come up, you know, remember his uh, his father-in-law was the former coach of the. Uh, Detroit Lions, and he had come up in the Tampa 2 scheme. He'd worked as an assistant in Tampa. Well, then he converted to this Vic Fangio scheme, and it's one of the things that Matt LaFleur wanted because the Vic Fangio scheme was widely viewed as a good way to stop these Shanahan, LaFleur, all these guys that run this offense. Well, the problem is is that I don't think Joe Barry was a true believer And he certainly wasn't steeped in it to the degree that Vic Fangio or Brandon Staley, who just got fired during the season by the Chargers as the head coach. He was another one who had that system. So I don't even know if they want to keep that system. But if they did, there is one candidate who is kind of a clear-cut guy. Uh, He's got a tough name to pronounce, but he interviewed with them the last time and LaFleur coached with them in L.A. with the Rams for a year. His name is... He's Jero and okay. he was the defensive coordinator uh, for Nathaniel Hackett in Denver last season, and then this past season he was the defensive coordinator in Carolina. And before they played Carolina, it was right after they'd gotten embarrassed by the Buccaneers. And A couple days later, we're asking questions about Carolina, and Matt LaFleur goes on this lengthy, flowery soliloquy talking about how great Everell is as the Panthers' defensive coordinator. Mm. So that is the name that I would keep an eye on if they want to stay with the system but have someone who runs it better, quite frankly, and has more aggressive aspects to running it. But last time Lafleur did this back in February of 2021, he cast a wide net. He interviewed nine different people. Joe Barry was not his first choice. Uh, I find myself wondering if maybe he wished he would have hired Everell when he had the chance that time because he was one of the people that interviewed, but I think this is most likely going to be a process unless he has one person that he already has in mind. And if that's the case, then he's going to try like heck to get that guy.
0: So the Packers also got rid of their strength and conditioning coach, uh, Chris Gizzy. Are there other coaches within the system that may need some serious evaluation as we move forward?
1: Yeah, there could be more changes coming. There's no doubt about that. Now, I, I, I didn't I didn't know about Chris Gizzy losing his job until Tom Silverstein from the Journal Sentinel reported that. And I'll be curious to see what the reasoning is there, because I have never been a fan of, uh, oh, we've got a lot of injuries. It must be the strength and conditioning guy's fault, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he, he's been, he, he got the job when Lafleur took over in 19 and they had some healthy seasons too. So I'm not sure what the reasoning is behind Chris Gizzy's dismissal. I, I, I'm biased. I really like Chris. Um, For those who don't know who he is, uh, if you're old enough to remember the Monday night football game after 9-11 in 2001 when the Packers were the first team to play on Monday night football after that happened, um, they were playing Washington at home. Chris Gizzi is the guy who was from the Air Force Academy who came running out with the flag.
0: Oh, yeah, right,
1: right number 57. He played linebacker, played a lot on special teams. So I've known him for 20 plus years and great dude, really well respected. So I'm really eager to, to find out what the reasoning was behind moving on from him.
0: So there are a group of us Packer fans, I think a pretty large group who really for many, many months, maybe even years, didn't really think Brian Gutekunst knew what he was doing. Do we uh, owe him an apology at this point?
1: Look, I don't, I don't think so, and and I say that as someone who um, who has known Goody for a really long time, and has been critical at times of him, and has defended him at times. Um, look, all general managers have to varying degrees uneven resumes, right? Like they have their hits and they have their misses. Ted had them. I mean, Ron Wolf's in the Hall of Fame, and he certainly had them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ron would tell you that. It's a good thing that he was good with his third round picks because his first round picks weren't very good. Um, So I don't, I I don't know if he deserves an apology. He definitely deserves a bunch of credit for what a good group of offensive skill position players he drafted onto this year's team. Like you should praise him up and down for that. Mm. You can praise him for Zach Tom, who's a very good right tackle. There's a lot you can praise him for. Um, You know, you can also criticize him for a lot. Now, The Jordan Love piece is the big piece. And the reason why I would personally be reluctant to apologize to him and to say, well, you knew what you were doing all along about Jordan Love, you were right, is that, remember, this is the same organization that gave Aaron Rodgers before the 2022 season a three-year, $150 million contract extension. Now, he only played one year of it, but you don't give him that if you know Jordan love is as good as he was during the second half of the season fair
0: yeah that's fair like, yeah you,
1: don't, don't, you can't we can't play revisionist history and say oh I knew all along he was going to be awesome really did you know how awesome he was going to be as recently as October 29th I was gonna say like, for half the, the season the field
0: right half the season we didn't think he was that awesome and the way he the way he ended it though was incredibly impressive.
1: Right and and look here's this you know Taush gives me such a hard time about this cuz I say it so much but I really like Jordan like I just like what a the kind of guy he is I think you know I've said this before I I personally now I believe that the best team leaders and coaches know that you treat everyone fairly but you don't treat everyone the same and that there are certain guys that you can chew their asses out and it's and it works as a motivating tool. And then you got other guys that you need to put your arm around them instead of kicking them in the butt. And I think Aaron Rodgers, from the vast majority of his career was really good at that. I think toward the end, he became a little bit of a grumpy old man like Dana Carson. And what I think is great. I don't think I would have responded well to him leading me that way. What I like about Jordan is that he really does seem to have tapped in very quickly as to what, what, various guys need from him in terms of motivation and telling them what they need to do and how to go about it. And so in in his case, I just think that that is one of his great strengths. And it's one of the reasons why I really like him. That said, I have been honest watching him in practice in 2020 and 2021. He's terrible. Like you, if you watched those practice, if you stood with me at those practices, you'd be like, this guy's never going to be a good quarterback. And it's a credit to him that he became the player that he was during the second half of the season, and that I believe he will continue to be at a very high level moving forward. So this, I just I get very frustrated with these people that will say oh, I knew it all along. Matt Lafleur didn't know it all along. Brian Gudikins, who drafted him, cannot, in honest, you know, in, in truth, say I knew it all along. I'm glad it worked out, and I think Goody deserves credit because. Set this team up now to be good for a long time, but there was there was reason for doubt. I mean, my my goodness, his rookie year, they kept Tim Boyle as the number two quarterback even though he was a first round pick because he was so far away from being ready to play. If something had happened to Aaron Rodgers that year, so uh, we can praise Goody. I don't believe he merits apologies.
0: As we get ready for these two conference championships, what's the best storyline for the NFL Super Bowl? Is it? Having Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift versus the hapless losing Lions or a different story?
1: I I just want the Lions to be playing in the Super Bowl. I don't I don't care who it's against. I don't care if Taylor Swift still comes to the mm. game. I I, I don't. I, I just think you know, for you think back to nineteen ninety six, right? And you know, you guys would have home on, right on a regular basis, like that they had the Packers had gone twenty nine years between Super Bowl appearances, and you know we're starting to creep up there again, right? Mm. 2010 wasn't exactly yesterday, as I'm realizing as uh, <laughs> Maddie is picking out her high school classes for her freshman year next year. Wow! But um, I just I I really think for a team that's never they've never been to a Super Bowl in their history. Their title is what? 1957. Was 1957.
0: The last time they
1: won a championship? Yeah. I mean, even I, I mean, wasn't alive then, <laughs> and I'm old. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I look. That's to me. That's the that's the storyline that I root would root for. Uh, it's been fascinating to see what Dan Campbell has done. Tausch played against him um, back in the day, and and I just think. You know, what that would do for a city that has obviously gone through some pretty tough times, too. That's what I want to see. Uh, obviously, Sydney is counting on Taylor Swift being at the Super Bowl. Um, that that will sh- pique her interest along with the commercials now. But I, I, want, the, I want the Lions. I would hope now that the Packers have been eliminated, that even Packers fans are like, Hey, I can identify with that. I remember the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And then we've had 30 great years. Uh, go Lions.
0: Alright my friend, you have, you have a good weekend We'll talk on Monday
1: Alright guys, take care, be good
0: You too, Jason Wilde, our Green and Gold Insider Brought to you By Mr. Holland's Home Services Call 866-992-1717 Or MrHollandsHomeServices.com Also brought to you by DJ's Transmissions And Milwaukee Muscle Cars and Restoration Buying vintage rides and muscle cars Visit DJ'sTransmissions.com Jason Wilde, part of the Morning KLH